Hi, my name's Dan, I'm here with my good friend G, and this is a special episode of the Wrong Football Podcast. I know where my phone is, honest. Well, thanks for joining us again. It is a, yeah, as I said, this is quite a, a special episode. It's a bit of an off-season episode, uh, not quite into what we're going to call season three yet, but uh, but beyond season two. So I don't quite know how this uh, how it sort of fits in. Um, I, I, I've <laughs> gone to season three already, mate. I, I, I've made oh, yeah. a folder. I've archived off. I'm considering this <laughs> season three pre-season, my friend. We're two and a half, something like that. We'll we'll, we'll see. <laughs> hey, how, how you doing, mate? You been you been okay? You you been up too much in the off-season? Yeah, I mean, just trying to get through the build, but we're sort of on the home straight of that. Work has is just as hectic as ever, but, you know, things are opening up. I'm seeing my drum kit tomorrow. I've got some new toys <laughs> to play with. So, you know, there's even been talk of band practices. So wow. I think there's possibly a long way to go before things get back to normal. But, yeah, trending upwards, I would say. Refreshed certainly and raring the, to go. Certainly on the way, aren't they? That's it. It'll be, yeah, uh, and yourself? Be, yeah, I've, I've been okay. I've been, yeah, what have I done? I'm trying to think what I've done in the off-season. Uh... Got a new car. Uh, that's about it. Got a new job. I think you're you're burying the headlines here, which is your child is still alive, which is you know he's, as a parent, al- what, yeah. is is everybody's I've, like headline piece of news. You know, I've honey, kept, we kept still haven't heard the kid. Can't get a two and a half year old alive for another, another few months. Yeah, it's uh, we're we're doing okay, doing all right so far. Anyway. Shall we talk football? That's, that's what we're, we're here to do. We can try. I mean, you know, I'll derail us again, but, you know, that's sort of my role in this podcast. I'm sure you will. It? That's exactly that's what I'm here to expect. Um, bit of a, <laughs> uh, bit, bit of a, a sort of off-the-cuff one, this one. We just kind of decided it was probably about time to talk about some of the things that had sort of happened in the news in the off-season. We'll look Be first honest, of all you the... just missed me, didn't you? Oh, well, you could admit it. Of course, it. that goes without saying. Friends. <laughs> that, goes, that goes without saying. But yeah, no, it's it's. We I think the first thing we'll uh, we'll have a look at is uh, is the retirements because we've had quite a raft of retirements this uh, this off season with some some big names. And I know um, the 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 one that will absolutely jump out is obviously Drew Brees, isn't it? Yeah, it's not every year that a Hall of Fame quarterback retires. Although that said, with that generation, I, I do wonder, you know, how many seasons Tom Brady actually has left, or if um, Aaron Rodgers is going to ride off into the distance um, with how the um, Packers are treating him. But we'll, we'll cover that a bit later in the, in off season. Yeah. Years, I think so. Yeah, that that was definitely a big one, and he played so well. It was a shame he couldn't get back to the big game, and and it was sort of everyone seemed kind of. The Saints were so all in, and it sort of it feels like they did all the things right and just couldn't get that stroke of luck. Particularly, you know, when you saw a couple of those agonising uh, um, playoff losses that he couldn't quite get back there and get that second one. But you know, one is a lot more than Dan Marino got, so um, he's a Super Bowl yeah, champion. Right. Hall of- first, sorry, I didn't mean that. <laughs> I really didn't, but you know, he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. You know, and we're fo- we need to be wary of counting Super Bowls. I, I think possibly yeah. Brady, you know skews the the metric for everybody he had a hell of a career as did Dan Marino um and um (laughs) yeah one to be treasured to have watched and yeah sad to see him go but you know also these days we're always happy when somebody seems to get out the NFL you know with their mind and body vaguely intact well definitely it's someone who who, well very nearly didn't was another quarterback Alex Smith Uh, obviously only a couple of were a few years down the line from his uh his horrendous leg injury. Obviously, he came back last year for a yeah uh, for for another go, another season. Didn't quite look what what he sort of had been in the past, but he's he's decided to hang them up as well. 
Yeah, I mean, it was kind of remarkable that he made it back to the field at all. Like, we all were amazed Definitely. he made it to training camp, yet alone he managed to play as well as he did. I think there are obviously questions about how he could physically hold up to the rigours of starting, given that he had problems in his lower legs um, after, a couple, after he was forced into starting. I wonder if there probably was a role for him um, as, as a sort of like overqualified backup mentor, but you can also totally understand why he would want to move on into um, yeah. past his news and other things. You can, you can. I think one, one other, before we move on from quarterbacks, one other that, uh, that announced his retirement, I think we, I've got a feeling we talked about it because it was, it was just before the, the, the actual end of the, of the season was, uh, was Philip Rivers as well. Um, yeah, no, we definitely did because we talked yeah, about him going had. off to, off to coach high school. And I just think, I mean, he's sort oh, of that's like, it, yeah. he, he'd been really keen on that. And that'd been one of those things where there was a conversation going on for a while. And, and he was very, definitive about doing that and we were we spent a lot of time saying wow those um, high schoolers are going to have a hell of a football uh, uh, um, experience and yeah I, I stand by that so um, yeah weren't, weren't they just uh, Jason Witten was another one um, who, who had a, who's had a, a big a big career uh, ended up uh, he's, he's, he's uh, ended up reti- uh, announcing his retirement this year as well yeah and you know sort of in and out the um, whatever they um, broadcast games out of <laughs> The broadcast booth. Yeah, that, that, that'll be the one. But yes, um, in and out of Monday night football um, commentary. And uh, he had that itch that, you know, he still thought he could compete. He got in for another year. He was actually, you know, for a not able to, to move that well, could still do a job out there. But I, I think he did that thing that a lot of um, professional sports people do where, where they just have that itch and they sort of had to prove that they couldn't quite do what they thought they'd do. Mm. And you almost have to prove it to yourself because these people are so competitive and have so much self-belief that, you you know, you almost have to prove it to them before they can walk away. And I kind of yeah. think that if you're okay with it, that's understandable and, and you know, it's your career. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, you know, it's, it's up to you when you when you want to hang them up, when you want to call it a day. And, and yeah, I mean, he's 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 had a hell of a season. He's, uh, yeah, he, sorry, a hell of a career. Yeah, um, yeah there's only a limited time terms. that you can play professional sports. So, and, and, you know, it's not like you can go into um, sort of, Retirement. There's no walking mm. NFL. I mean, I suppose there's no, flag well. football, but you know, you know what I mean. It's not like there's walking football over here. Yeah. So um, yeah. Um, a couple more before we before we move on. Greg Olson, uh, uh, Panthers. Well, was the Panthers obviously Seahawks for his last season, uh, but widely known as as as, uh, as Panthers uh, tight end. Uh, another 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 great career on him. Yeah, and I mean, just the end of it was so, um, he, he'd fought through so many um, foot injuries and I was sort of like, pretty mm. amazed almost that he, he strapped it on to go in Seattle for another year. But, you know, a, another, another player who played so many games and was so effective and just, it just this sport wears the body down and, and yeah. there was only so long that anyone can do it. And then, and then one final one is the uh, relatively, re- I said relatively recent, it was about a month ago, I think he, uh, he announced it. it was Julian Edelman. Uh, the uh, the Patriots played for the Patriots for eleven years as wide receiver and uh, yeah as uh, as decided now is the time to call it a day. One injury too many, I wonder. I mean, and also, yeah, I think uh, that's it. For for a small guy, he took so much punishment. You know, as a receiver in the middle, he played a bit of defensive back. You know, he played on special teams. He was one of those. If you want to, there's have been a few players. So I don't think you can say there's one that typifies. Um, like Bill Belichick's approach to football, but you know yeah. it was fairly obvious for glowing praise with which uh, um, and Belichick spoke of him when he did retire. So uh, 
hell of a career considering where he comes from and you know multi super bowl winning champion and and gets to enjoy the fruits of his um effort absolutely anyone uh, anyone else's retirement has uh, has caught your IG or um, covered the, covered the biggies, I, I, think I think we've covered the big ones i'm sure there's a defensive player or two that i'm just slipping out of my brain at the moment because i confess i went straight into free agency and draft and, and sort of like the <laughs> uh, retirements kind of slipped past me uh, i've got my eye a little bit on geno atkins who is one of my absolute favorite bengals and a phenomenal mm. pass rusher who was released for contract reasons uh um in that period of the off season and he's not been re- re-signed yet he's also famously kind of shy of the media and i'm just wondering if he's quietly slipping away or whether he's going to get mm. signed nearer to training camp maybe yeah maybe it's uh yeah i could i could probably see either either happening but uh... yeah i mean if you look at, at, at aj green and where he is in his career in cardinals i just wonder whether gino mm. atkins is shaping up for another run somewhere or is you know quietly slipping into the night i don't know if you remember justin smith moving from the Bengals to the 49ers and he basically said you're not getting me doing any of this retirement stuff and basically disappeared <laughs> off to his farm and I loved him as a player and I just I just I get the feeling that maybe Atkins might be pulling something slightly similar but I could be totally maybe. wrong and I would love to see him play be you know in a training camp and playing this next season maybe well you mentioned AJ Green and it probably means that we're at a good time to uh, speak about uh, free agent moves and, uh, and the off-season off-season moves that way Oh wow! It's almost like you know we've podcast for a while, and we could we could do links, and this isn't completely made up by the seat of our pants. I know, believe it, believe it or not, it absolutely is. Just to, just for the few listeners, <laughs> we've we've not done any writing of this. This is a uh, this is a. I'll um, have you know, I have notes. When do I ever work with notes? Wow. Okay. Fair enough. G has done more prep than uh, than than ever than ever before. Anyway, <laughs> free agency. <laughs> <laughs> what's um, what's caught what's caught your eye in free agency, Jay? Any uh, any biggies? In particular, um, there's been loads. There's been loads of moves. It seems it, it's probably not more than than normal, but it just seems like there's been absolutely loads of moves this year. Yeah, there really have been. I think that's relatively normal, but there are a few that caught the eye. I don't know. I kind of had this free agency, but there's also I didn't know if you wanted to maybe tackle as a topic quarterback moves, as there's been hey, a bunch I've, of them, and yeah, not all, and not necessarily the free agent ones, that are the ones yeah. that are the headlines. But yeah, no, definitely. Well, there's 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 been a bit of a yeah, a bit of a, a bit of a roundabout. And you go on, go on, then you I'll, I'll let you uh, talk us through who's well, gone where. Well, I'll, I'll try and give you edited highlights without getting into the draft because I'd need to pull the draft left up. But obviously, yes, yeah. we are Carson Wentz move off to uh, um, the Indianapolis Colts after his dreadful season with the Eagles and everything went wrong and they decided to move on we had Sam Bradford go to the Panthers from the Jets when the Jets decided that they wanted to restart and pick a quarterback second draft of the pick second draft of the pick second pick of the draft there's another one for the blooper reel Um, Teddy Bridgewater therefore left the Panthers and went over to the Broncos which is interesting because the Broncos didn't um, uh, didn't draft after quarterback highly. And then yeah. I suppose the big one that sort of moves into free agency, not really because it was retaining their own, was obviously Dak Prescott got his enormous expansion um, this offseason despite his um, ankle injury. Yeah, there was, there's, there was, you know, there's, there's always kind of talk about, about, especially like you say, when, when, they're, when, when people are a little bit injury prone, he, he obviously had a lot of time off last, last season. So it was. It was. I would say it wasn't. A, it wasn't a given that he was going to get that con- that contract, was it? Uh, yeah. I mean, he's not been an injured, regularly injured player, but it was such a horrible one. I do think that the benefit of almost, as long as he didn't have the kind of problems that Alex Smith had, yeah, it was yeah. a relatively straight one for a quarterback to come through from. But given the the mess, 
I think that's a fair term to use for the, 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 the protracted nature, shall we say, of the, the negotiation yeah. being between the Cowboys and Prescott, which is interesting because Jerry Jones is usually a owner who's more than happy to pay his players. So it was curious that they'd throw such an enormous uh, um, contract mm. at Ezekiel Elliott, but then scrimp and scrave about their fourth round quarterback who'd already massively outplayed his uh, um, sort of rookie contract and, and yeah. don't want to reward him as a safer bet. But um, they gave him the money and that enables them to move on and, and you know, uh, he's back and hopefully things, uh, things are heading in the right direction in Dallas. But one, think... one, quarterback, one quarterback that did move on from Dallas was, was Andy Dalton as well, gone to, yes. uh, gone to Chicago. Yes, and it's interesting because he's um, been picked up by, by the Bears and was talked about as being the starter and then they drafted a quarterback yeah, as well dr- yeah. so so that could be really interesting uh, um, particularly as there's a slight tension between an ownership or a management group and a head coach who feel embattled despite the fact that um, Nagy didn't actually sort of pick that quarterback he inherited him and yeah. has kept getting in and around the playoffs despite problems with that team um, but they're sort of like it wasn't exactly a blow your way free agency move, and you select a, 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 a young quarterback, which is a project when there were other, you know, maybe there might have been other impact players there. So it's an mm. interesting one for the Bears. Um, Andy Dalton, I think, would be a great mentor, and um, you'd like to hope that he can can do some kind of job for the Bears. I have a feeling, though, that unless they really, really fly, and the problem with Dalton is that he needs to have the offensive line in front of him, that um, yeah. a rookie quarterback is going to play, because let's face it, these days, unless you are um, put in a situation like with Andy Reid and the Chiefs, and you've, you've got the power to sit a quarterback for the first year, and even then he played in week 17, you know, young quarterbacks play. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they do. I mean, the other, other, other big quarterback moves, you've got things like, um, and this seems like so long ago now, it's, it's, um, I've only just had to remind myself of this, but Matt Stafford and Jared Goff trading places yeah. uh, between the Rams and the Lions. Obviously, we talked about that at the end of, end of the season, so that's a, uh, it was, that, was a, that, was a, that was a real big, uh, big move at the time. Um, and also, um, Jacoby Brissett moved to, uh, to the Dolphins this year, went from, from the Colts to the Dolphins. I thought he was an interesting backup. He's certainly serviceable. You heard no gripes about him when Philip Rivers came yeah. in, and he played sort of like a, 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 a it's like a sub quarterback in goal line situations because nobody knew or everybody knew that Philip Rivers wasn't you know yeah. quarterback sneaking on the one yard line. So I think, so I think, I think that's actually I'm, not. I'm, I think that's a solid head and good person to put behind Tua because it also puts to bed there's not going to be an argument about starters with that. I'm happy. I'm happy he's there. I think he's a good player. I just, you know, with the best will in the world, hope he doesn't see a snap this year. So, unless, I don't uh, know. I wouldn't mind him redoing, uh, um, like like the um, short yardage, uh, uh, um, running quarterback role just to spare yeah. two of the hits as he's still coming back from that hit thing. Or yeah, to be honest, putting two of the two of them, um, both behind centre and having some 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 interesting new challenges with a dual quarterback attack, given that they can yeah. both 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 move. Mm. There's something you hadn't thought of. Uh, I, hadn't, I certainly hadn't thought of that. That's a, that's a very good point. Um, shall we get through to free agents by um, linking through with obviously the fact that the Patriots um, um, re-signed Cam Newton, drafted a quarterback, but also were big players in free agency? Yes, go 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 ahead. Basically, the Patriots spent all the money and <laughs> all of the monies. <laughs> well, at least. They went in in a very... It wasn't necessarily like the big ticket, big ticket players, although the two tight ends they signed were sort of top of the market and you, you wonder, you get the feeling of this is the sort of the attempt at doing uh, um, the Hernandez-Gronk um, double tight end set 
They also looked to be, you know, stocking up on defense. And it was that kind of mid-tier. It was canny. It was more money than you might normally expect. But I just, you heard the argument that Belichick had sort of paid off last season, built built the um, salary cap. And it was like, what he does is not stick to a philosophy, but try and exploit where he thinks he has advantage over everybody else. And with the salary cap coming down and all the problems that lots of people were, were, the sort of the efficiency in the market, say, is for him to actually spend cash and try and get the right free agents for him to overhaul an offense that was clearly problematic and, and hopefully get a defense to rebound that was already pretty strong, but, you know, he could supplement it some more. So definitely, I think they were one of the headlines um, coming out of the opening of free agency, I would suggest. Yeah, it's certainly, certainly in the early days of free agency, they seem to be doing a lot of, a lot of business very early. Yeah. Yeah, I think that it was unusual for them, but it was like a coherent plan, and they were definitely. It feels like zigging when everybody else was zagging. Yeah, yeah, which is which is what which is fair enough, uh, which is what Belichick tends to do. Indeed, I'll, I'll pick up with um, I guess the next couple, and stop me when you when you start worrying because yeah, yeah. I have got a couple of teams discussing their O lines. But um, I suppose the other interesting one I thought was that Tampa Bay basically lived up to. Um, um, the promise that was made after the Super Bowl that we're bringing everybody yeah. back, and they pretty yeah, they much have. brought everybody back. I think they have. I think they have resigned everybody. So um, I'm so happy that Bruce Arians got that win, and it's it just feels like a very Arians thing to make that kind of promise and then follow through with it. So Go, yeah, I thought that it. was interesting. And then on the other side of the Super Bowl, it feels like Andy Reid really um, took to heart the lessons of last season because suddenly. Both tackles that were out injured, um, mm. gone from the roster. They've um, signed free agents in the middle of their line. I think because working on the principle that if the, a bit like the New Orleans um, Saints line, but for slightly different reasons, because it's not like Patrick Mahomes can't move, but yeah. because he's so mobile, if you st- if you are, are strong through the middle in your pass protection, you can step up past ends. You can just they, push them up the line. So they they signed think, they signed um, Joe Joe Thurney, didn't they? On a massive yeah. contract, yeah, uh, f- five five years, eighty million dollar contract, thirty two and a half million guaranteed. Exactly. So they really that's a, invested that's a in big that contract bit. for, an, for yeah. a defensive guard. Yeah, and then I thought the other canny thing they did was that Orlando Brown was making um, a lot of noise in, in Baltimore that having played left tackle, he wanted to play left tackle and, and, and wanted to be traded because he didn't think that the Ravens were going to play him there. And the Chiefs came in and basically traded their first round and pick to, 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 to get him. They'll have to pay him, but it's sort of kind of canny because I feel it feels like they got a better player than was available at where they were picking him for draft who can help them straight away. And whether he's worth the money, I don't know, but it, it sort yeah. of seemed to be a sensible bit of business to try and address the line when you don't get tackles on the free agent market that much. That's why it's so important to get your, um, your picks of that right and why I will probably be coming back to that if we get into the nuts and bolts of the Bengals draft later. <laughs> um, anybody else catch your eye? Anybody else moving catch your eye in particular? Well, the other one, just whilst we're discussing um, offensive lines, and I think there are, we could, we'll go through all the teams at some point. I'm sure we'll do divisional yeah, previews we'll, to try we'll and do break divisional it up. Previews, yeah. the, the one that yeah. was a curious one, and I felt f- will be another thing that comes up in the draft, is a team that I left me scratching the head a little bit, which is that the Las Vegas Raiders looked at their problems of last season which was the same as the previous seasons, which is that they just cannot build a defense. 
and decided to um, blow up their offensive line as a solution. So they traded um, uh, Rodney Hudson to the Cardinals, who's an excellent center, uh, yeah. making room for a guy that they've drafted and developed. And it could be that it could be a brilliant move. It could be that he's not played much, but they're so impressed with him in training that um, that's okay. Except they then also traded um, Trent Brown back to the Patriots. And their draft approach is kind of interesting because because they just don't seem to pay any attention to to the draft grades that we see and seem to be picking people at value propositions which seem odd and everybody could go yeah yeah but we have our rules we don't you know we don't pay attention to draft nicks except they literally hired a draft nick to be their gm <laughs> and yeah yeah if their defense had suddenly turned round you'd maybe give it more credence. But I, I feel like they're one of those teams going to this season that a lot is riding on it, except that they're only three or four seasons into um, Gruden's reign there. And so he's theoretically got another six, but I'm not sure what he's actually built there mm. so far. So I thought that was an interesting kind of free agency. I'm not quite sure what's going on, but you know, it feels like we're, <laughs> we're moving inexorably towards the draft. And I don't know if that's where it, you want it, to go next it, or if you had your own things for free agency to pick up. The only, the only, um, the only couple of, couple of bits I wanted to touch on for free agencies. There's a couple of people that could potentially still, still move and, and, and or the, there's people or, whether they could move or whether it's more that there was there was talk that they could move earlier in free agency and that's died down now. But um, obviously Aaron Rodgers is not overly happy with how things are going at, at Green Bay. Um, and also earlier in the in, in free agency, it looked like the um, the it looked like the Seahawks were were testing testing the market value for Russell Wilson, didn't it? Well, I actually thought it was more Russell Wilson was testing the market interest in himself. Well, um, maybe, yeah. Or whether he was active, actually trying to uh, um, engineer a move or whether he was just trying to send a message to the team that actually he's getting on and would quite like an offensive line that could block for him. Although, yeah. that said, if you listen to, to various analysts, there are those that would talk about the fact that very often, although his escapability is, is a real asset and he makes these amazing plays down the field, that's mm. not easy for an offensive line to block. And sometimes no, no. if he just took the open pass that was too, there for him earlier in, earlier in the um, play, that he might not be getting the same level of hits. He's always been very good at, in fairness, at avoiding them. But um, it felt like not all is quite right possibly there with um, the Seattle Seahawks front office coaching and, and Russell Wilson. And the thing for me about that is there are certain quarterbacks. I think you have to be careful because you need the GM running the GM and coach looking after coaching things and the player looking after the player. But there comes a point where I don't, where I feel like if you've got a key player who is so good and putting so much work and effort in with the franchise, and I'm thinking like the rare ones like Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, JJ Watts, Aaron Donald, you know, those real, real top level change one side of the pool players wouldn't I'd be tempted not necessarily to give them the run in the mill but it's like the argument and I don't know if we're going to touch on Deshaun Watson's um, off the field issues but <laughs> before those stories broke and and, and 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 that stuff there was all the stuff going on about you know him not being happy with how the front office treated him it just feels like with these players wouldn't you be trying to work in lockstep with them at least you know even if you're not acting on on, on what they're asking interviewing the very people so you at least kick the tires because you're yeah, gaining information you so. in the process anyway and so 
I do wonder about that with Russell Wilson, whether that can just be smoothed out and, you know, can we not be sending messages through through the um, press and, and interviews, but let's, you know, talk down and see what we can address. And with Aaron Rodgers, it just feels like he looks at what's going on with Tom Brady in in the Buccaneers and looks how all in they are yeah. uh, um, uh, uh, trying to make the most of the end of his career. And I feel like the Saints are, are a living example also of, of what it looks like to try and put your... Um, your Asian quarterback in the best position for success. And he's looked around and got another, uh, you know, another first round corner. And what do I do to have to get some pass catches around here? And again, it feels like when you've got Aaron Rodgers, yes, you could maybe argue that, that, that they got amazing performance out of him last year because um, they drafted quarterback. But I think there may be an element of motivation here, but I think that's kind of asinine. I think as much as anything, it was his second year in the, um, it was second year in, in the offense and he, him and the head coach were more used to working with each other and blimey what might he have imagined if he had some more playmakers. Mm, that's it. Yeah, he's, 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 he's definitely looked at, at Tom Brady and gone, I'll have a bit of that please, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, um, I really <laughs> also do think that, 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 that quarterbacks would have taken notice of what the Saints did for Drew Brees as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, one thing, sorry, just I, I completely forgot about this one before we move on to the draft. You've just... We didn't mention Mr. Justin James Watt, your your spirit, your footballing spirit animal. Yeah, um, he's moved to move to the Cardinals, didn't he? Yes, and and AJ Green has also gone there as well, which means that yeah. either things are going to go horribly wrong team. because they've got lots of players <laughs> that are too old. But clearly, the Cardinals will be my NFC team for the 2022 yeah. season. Um, I don't know what the cry is. I'd better hit up the um, the UK fan group and find out. But yeah, no, I will be adopting the Cardinals <laughs> next season. Um, I'm slightly worried for them, to be honest, because they've picked up a couple of aging players and yeah. you just wonder. Although that said, I like the, the trade for Rodney Hudson. That's a good move. And I'm just yeah. hoping that, um, that in his third year that, that, they, that there's a bit more of a coherence to the attack and they just take that next step. I definitely think it's possible, but it's just they're in such a competitive division and I don't know whether JJ Watt is a player to put them over the edge. Same with, with, with Green and I might be a bit more conservative in my approach to it. But that said, I love the players and so you know I'm all behind Cliff Kingsbury turning it around and Kyler Murray, who I really, really do admire. Um, he's got that Russell Wilson ability to evade hits um, he needs to watch that because he did pick up. I thought he was injured at one point because the stats just dropped and then he picked up again. But, you know, I, I, I do rate him as a young quarterback. So, yeah, I, I will be adopting the Cardinals next season. Hey, Dan, it's a hardcore legend, Mick Foley. And I think everyone out there ought to know about your podcast, The Wrong Football on iTunes. Let's move on to the, uh, the, to the draft and have a look at uh, how things uh, went in the, uh, in the draft a few weeks ago. Um, I'll be honest, as I always am, the draft is... I, I don't particularly follow college football, so I normally know around three players going into the draft. <laughs> maybe, four, maybe four in the years where Dolphins have got a, a, a really early uh, early pick. Um, we started with the... Uh, the uh, number, pick number one is obviously the, where uh, where you the, the best place to start, I suppose. And uh, that went to, uh, to Trevor Lawrence, uh, who's, who's now... Uh, going to be the, uh, the the QB at the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, and I don't know if um, you want to start with a few players, players, and I'll join in. And I'm not pretending to be a draft expert because I don't follow college football either because it's just one too many thing, and I don't understand the systems at all. There's just yeah, yeah, too many teams, too many conferences. So I, but I do follow some of the draft podcasts more in the off season just because there's only so much time. But it, for me, is an interesting 
approach to hear people analyzing players and getting an idea of what they're looking for. So I have a few more. So I don't know if you sort of want to run through well, the picks that were interesting to you and so, then we'll so, pick, pick up from there. Yeah, absolutely. So, so the ones I, I sort of know was was, was interested in, Trevor Lawrence, um, obviously first first pick. Uh, Zach Wilson, um, New York Jets, went for uh, for him at second pick. Um, I've got a friend who's a New York Jets fan. He's very, very excited by that pick. He's really, really pleased with that. Um, Jamar Chase, who uh, the, the Bengals ended up uh, picking at uh, fifth pick, was one that I thought the Dolphins would end up with. Uh, wide receiver Sorry about from LSU. That. That's right. <laughs> It's <laughs> okay. Um, from from the the small bits of footage that I've seen, uh, it seems very very good. I know obviously it's a it's a different you know for for one of a better terms a different ball game between college and, and NFL. Um, and you could you you know you can be an absolute star in college and then and then not not quite make it in uh, in in when you when you make it to the big league. But yeah, Jamal Chase looks looks very good. Um, who else had I heard of prior to the? draft I'm just looking through the the list now justin fields obviously went to chicago i think it was a bit of a surprise that he went quite so late i suppose in the uh uh in, in the draft as, as quarterback uh he was the fourth fourth quarterback picked he went, went at uh, 11th and i must be honest i think that's about me fair enough so <laughs> i think i'm gonna give my usual caveat which is that um I generally don't think you can grade a draft until three years after. And there's, if you follow the NFL's coverage, there, there, there's a gentleman whose name escapes me because um, he did, but did sort of like the snap grades and defending them as this is the process and this gives us what we're grading against things. And, and I sort of, I hear what he's saying. What I tend to think of is that you can look at process and evaluate process because that is an indicator that you're stacking the deck to, to make the most of it. But, even in the first round, maybe fifty percent of them work out work yeah, out as, yeah. as as like a really long long lived player, and you know it could be that they come out they're meant to be superstars, but we never really know. And even if they're just you know a quality backup, well there's a position for them in the league. So I think you know Trevor Lawrence, everybody was super excited about him, but it, it feels like there's generational quarterbacks happening more and more with the league, and also it feels like there's more and more receivers. And so I thought it was interesting that some of the receivers went as early and this is my criticism of the Bengals pick it's not that I think Jamar Chase isn't a great player and I'm kind of excited about the chemistry that he has linking back up with Joe Burrow but if Joe Burrow is on his ass again because our offensive line can't block then yeah. what good is that? is that and you don't tend see, to see good quality offensive tackles in free agency we've picked up Riley Reef, and we've got a new offensive line coach but I just felt that Picking Penny Sewell, who was the, um, the, the, the offensive tackle who went to the Lions. And I was surprised not only that we passed him and went for Chase, but that the Dolphins passed him. And it's like the first, offen- you know, it's the first no, off-season move that Dolphins have made in about two years that I disagreed with. Now, given their batting was, record, I, I, they could yeah. well know more than me. But it's the first time that I've, I've in a long time where I thought, hmm, I'm not sure about that. I I couldn't have seen Dolphins picking anything other than a wide receiver. If I'm perfectly honest, that's um, that's that's the, one of the one of the main areas that we that we needed a lot of help. I also couldn't really have seen um, the Bengals picking anything other than an offensive tackle. So I, I was uh, yeah I was I was surprised to say the least that Jamar Chase ended up uh, in 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 Cincinnati. 
I did not think that either of our offensive lines were good enough to pass on a supposedly um, potentially generational and certainly very, very good offensive lineman, given how good it is to, or how hard it is to find good one of them. You can get ones late in a draft, but if you've got a shot at like one of these top five pick worthy tackles, I think you have to take that unless you need a quarterback or unless there's a remarkable corner. I think the important thing with the first round is you pick at key positions. And for me, that's sort of like left tackle, exceptional pass rusher, cornerback, quarterback. I think that you can find receivers at every level of the draft. And no, you don't always get an AJ Green or a Julio Jones, but Justin yeah. Jefferson, we've had so many phenomenal receivers later in the draft, second round, that it just felt that um, possibly the prioritization was there. But I'm not professional. So, you know, it could well be that they know what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, um, there's not probably not a huge amount more to say on the, on the on the draft, if I'm honest. But any was there anything that kind of surprised you? Any any teams that you think did a you know did either particularly well or particularly badly in in the draft? As I, I don't know, I know you say obviously you can't really judge them for for a while, but on on sort of taking it at face value. I thought, kind of I thought the Bears genuinely must have been really, really pleased to be able to get a quarterback given where they were in the yeah. draft and trading up because some of these players forced other players down, particularly when um, you had J.C. Horn, the cornerback, go to Carolina, who's, who'd got their, uh, Sam Darnold. And so it's sort of like, okay, so that's how one quarterback drops. And then uh, um, you, you get a second uh, um, um, corner going at nine, then it's suddenly like, oh, the Broncos have gone for one. So, and suddenly you're looking at teams where, where there was talk that they might get a um, quarterback and they didn't. And suddenly you've got the Eagles not to worry about. And so, yeah, the Bears can come up and get a quarterback. And then I hate to say it because you're not going to want to discuss this, but the fact that Mac Jones fell to the Patriots without them having to do anything at 15 after one season, yeah. they have Cam Newton on the books and they've drafted um, a rookie. Now, I'm not buying into all the um, um, nonsense about, um, well, you know, the Tom Brady comparisons, and, but, you know, it, it, I, I just thought it was, it was Too early so <laughs> typically Patriots that they stood pat and got a quarterback. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. And, uh, you know, like you say, it is too early to be to be doing the the Brady comparisons. You know, we don't even know if he's gonna. If, if he probably won't start this season. Not for not for a while. I would um, so love Cam Newton to prove everybody wrong and play well. And and, and it was COVID and and you know him yeah, get back because you want more. You you want more quarterbacks. You always want better quarterbacks. And and so yeah, I'm kind of hoping that he he you know everybody loved him at the Pats. If it was that he was the COVID thing, and you know they can open up the playbook more with him having another year and. and you know, he can maybe do some mentoring, but there was certainly no talk about lack of work on his part. So, yeah, yeah. we shall see. Um, I won't bore you with, with other draft things other than say that, you know, <laughs> first round running backs, I'm not sure that that was the way to go for the Steelers. And given how well the Steelers are usually run, I thought that was an interesting pick. But um, other than oh, that, one, one, wait and one see. final thing. One mm-hmm. final thing. Um, Just one more thing, type. said he, being a football plumber. <laughs> High, highest. Well, I've got a degree in criminology, haven't I? I've got to. Um, <laughs> hi, highest I'm not sure tight I knew end. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Highest selected tight end in NFL history, uh, Kyle Pitts. Oh, how did we miss him? Yeah, for the, for the Falcons. Yeah. Um, that pick. I, I can't believe I didn't bring that up earlier because again, he was. I my my choice was I would have accepted Kyle Pitts as a pick rather than Sewell because. He's been so positively talked about as a tight end slash receiver. Yeah. And again, it's like those rare bodies, you know, 
talking about generational talent. And I always think if you're in the top five and you can get what everybody agrees is probably the best overall football player, but a quarterback is going to go above them, then you are in a great position. And um, it sort of made sense to me that the Atlanta Falcons, with the way that quarterbacks have, have been you know, playing in later and later these years, and the fact that Matt Rice still was, um, was still um, you know, effective, I could totally understand an offensive-minded coach coming there and going, let's just call, you know, take Kyle Pitts. We've got a quarterback that will do us, do, us, do us for a while. I could totally also understand the argument that whenever, you know, hopefully we're never picking there again, so should we put the quarterback for the future? But if you don't love the quarterback and you've got that option of that top-notch player, that is a great pick, I think, for the, um, um, for the Falcons. And um, oh, Matthew Ryan, who's actually the quarterback for the Falcons, because <laughs> I, I think I, I stumbled over his name because, you know, I'm an idiot. <laughs> Well, there we go. We've, uh, we've, we've, I think we've covered most of the, uh, the the big moves in the in the off season. We'll we'll obviously be back to do some uh, some some uh, you know divisional uh, pre pre season. You mean I'm going to get the, to uh, dig into um, um, uh, lineups and rosters and free agency yes, and cap exactly. and stuff. A bit all that more. all that stuff that you that you love doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you can uh, yeah. So we'll be doing that in the uh, the near future. But we wouldn't it wouldn't be a, a wrong football podcast. Without a bit of trivia, um, so we thought we'd, uh, we'd we'd test each other. I'll go, I'll go first. Then. So we talked earlier about the, uh, the a list of players who were who were retiring, um, yep. and I'll, I'll, I'm going to read you out a list of uh, of, of players now. So uh, Drew Brees, Jason Witten, Philip Rivers, the Pouncey brothers. We didn't talk about when we were going through the list because offensive line always get missed out, except when Gavin missed is out. doing free yeah. agency. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Greg Olson and Julian yep. Edelman. Mm-hmm. Okay. Between those those players, those one, two, three, four, five, six, seven players, yeah, they had a total of forty eight Pro Bowls. Mm-hmm. One of them had none. Which one? Read me the list again. Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. Jason Witten. Yeah. Philip Rivers. Yeah. The Pouncey Brothers. So Mike and yeah. Mockies. Uh, Greg Olson and mm-hmm. Julian Edelman. I think it's Julian Witten. Julian Witten. Julian Edelman or Jason Witten? Jason Witten, sorry. <laughs> I've just spliced their names together. <laughs> but you didn't uh, know they were a couple. What did you? No, well, no, you didn't. I mean, I'm um, not sure their wives were... did either. I'm not sure they did. But, you know, <laughs> I've smashed them together in the modern way and that's it now. Jason Witten actually had one of the, one of the most... Uh, Pro Bowls. Out oh, because he's a list. cowboy. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, is it one he of? He had the... eleven. Okay. Damn it. <laughs> I, I, I was. Hmm. I'm sure Greg Olson has been. I'm guessing it's one of the Pounceys. You're wrong again. So uh, Marquise Pouncey uh, had had nine Pro Bowls. Mm-hmm. And Mike Pouncey had four. I mean, I clearly didn't know this, but in, in my defence, I never watched a pro fault bowl and yeah, I don't really well, pay that mu- much attention. But go on, put me out of my it misery. Was, uh, it was Jason Witten's other half, Julian Edelman. Uh, <laughs> I did wonder about that just because of receivers. That, that actually does yeah. make sense. I just wondered, yeah, that's the obvious one looking back at it. Yeah, no. There you go. Go on then, hit me with yours. Okay, so uh, mine is slightly less list-orientated. But um, <laughs> I think that the, the Dolphins' um, 21 season is going to be focused on can Tua Viola prove himself as a franchise quarterback. 
And lots of people always stack up quarterback wins, but I guess the ultimate proof is probably, are they going to make the playoffs and can they be competitive? However, who was the last QB to have a winning start in the playoffs for the Dolphins in 2000? A winning start for the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. I've given 2000. you the year as well. It was in 2000. Um, the so as in basically the last time we last time we won, who was the yes. quarterback? Yeah. Um. Oh. So it was. It was just. It was. Post. Uh. It was. Post Marino. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. Who we're gonna go with? I think this would have been right as I was getting into it. I think I'm gonna say was it Jay Jay Fiedler? Yes, it was. Yes. And Who and there's it? a bonus point for you here as oh, well. Uh, Not that we're really keeping strats, but yeah. Um, which Hall of Fame quarterback was playing for the opposition on that day? I couldn't even tell you the opposition were. Um, I don't know. I'm going to have to pass. Okay. There's a reason I'm doing this, and this is to prove the nonsense of quarterback wins and narratives because he beat, and the team beat, the Indianapolis Colts, and it was Peyton Manning's second straight playoff loss to start his career. There you go. And and so I was, A, not picking on the Dolphins, but basing on the Dolphins and also pointing out what a stupid stat QB win losses because it's such a team game that even great, great players... And I'm sorry that we've managed to sort of home in on Dan Marino was one, but obviously Peyton Manning didn't get off to the best of stuff. Even great, great mm. players can struggle if they're not on the right team. I think that I think that season would have been probably the season before I got into. Uh, I, I probably got into it, but I thought I, I remember Jay Fiedler was the, was the quarterback at the time when I did get there into. There you go. Into you you you, you got game, that so. right, and um, you know, well done you and. Don't worry too much about Tua Tagovailoa. I'm just, you know, hoping that I'm not butchering his name too much. But, you know, I'm hoping that the hip is even better this season and he picks straight up and, you know, that ends that discussion because I'm rooting for quarterbacks everywhere. Fingers crossed. Well, Fingers right crossed. up until there's a good pass rusher and then I want to see them punished by being driven into the dirt. You know, I, I, I do like defensive football. I can't help myself. But I want them to be competent <laughs> before they get hit. Well, that's all we've got time for this week. Thanks for listening. We uh, hope you've enjoyed what you've heard. Uh, we'll be back in a month or two, I'd imagine, when we start previewing the divisions ahead of uh, the 2021 season. Or when he, get, uh, when he longs for me. He pines to I, hear my voice. Could, could be either. Uh, so it's... <laughs> it's uh, more important than ever to uh, to subscribe to us through uh, through whatever medium you procure your podcast to make sure that you uh, you don't miss out on on uh, on those when we uh, when we do come back. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to get in touch, I'm at TDWF Dan on Twitter. G is at Wrong Football. Uh, thanks again for listening, and we'll see you all very soon. Bye.